Angeles, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences presents Oscar, the 63rd Annual Academy Awards. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Be Kind. Please rewind. This is the 1990 recap. It's 1990. Season finale. We made a whole year. Wow. A whole year through the Rona. There's been, there's been quite a few obstacles in our way, and you know what? We keep coming back stronger than ever. It made it quite difficult to do this. Yeah. Um, several quarantines. I actually had the Rona. Yep. You, you have not had the Rona. Nope. You've avoided it. I'm ducking it. <laughs> I'm now vaccinated, so now you're actually comfortable with me being in your house. Mm, it's <laughs> It's questionable. Questionable. All right, but I am fully vaccinated, uh, so I'm feeling good. You feeling good? I'm good, man. It's It's been a while since we've done this. I haven't had to watch a movie for the podcast in like a month, and it's really like it's disheartening. Well, it's all right because we're getting back to it soon, and 1991 is looking to be a, uh, a solid year. And 1991 is really stout with a, a plethora of movies that I adore. Plethora. So we're going to break some things down. We're going to do a couple top 10 lists. We're going to go through the Oscars. Ooh, Oscars. I, I got to tell you that I, I really disagree with some of their opinions already. Oh, same here. But you know what? You can understand why. It's just looking back on it. It's really not aged well. And then we'll look forward to next year. I already am looking forward to next year. All right. So let's get into it. I think what we'll do is we'll start with the 10 highest grossing movies of 1990. What do you say? Sounds good to me. Starting off at number 10 was Kindergarten Cop grossed $91,457,000. Go, Arnie, go. I think that Arnie had a banner year. Yeah, it was a pretty good year for Arnold. Two movies in the top 10. Wow. And two of his best movies, in my opinion. I mean, if you take out the Terminators. Um, no, I object to okay. everything that you're saying. I don't know, bro. I'm just ready to have some fun. <laughs> you're too high on life right now. Way too high on life. All right, coming in at number nine, Dick Tracy, grossing $103 million, 738000 Putting this in perspective, I'm actually kind of surprised that Dick Tracy landed in the top ten because it's more of like a like a niche-type movie. I agree with you, but I think this is credit to the, um, I wouldn't call it a masterpiece, but I, I guess achievement that Warren Beatty had created you mean like his six movies yet somehow he's the like most like renowned actor in hollywood yeah i don't know he must have he must have a lot of dirt on a lot of people yeah and they decided to make a movie where al pacino's acting wasn't overacting because it fit his role so well we'll get to it <laughs> al pacino has get some acknowledgement for his role in this movie yeah. number eight is a disappointment to say the least uh, Die Hard 2 grossed $117 million. Yeah, this movie relied way too much on Steam. All I could, <laughs> all I could think about is the, the, the mail-it-in tagline of Die Hard 2, Die, Die Harder. Harder. Yeah, but you know what? You can understand why this movie made money. I, I mean, coming off Die Hard... Quite ar- I mean, arguably the best action movie of all time. Like you could say it. Like yeah, you can have the discussion. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Like it's it's in that discussion. It's in that argument. It's in that vein. So you can understand. Okay. Oh, John McClane's back. Let's go see John McClane kick some ass. Yeah. Can I tell you, I'm having a good time. Having a great time. <laughs> all right. Number seven, Arnie's second movie total recall, 119 million dollars. Now I know you were disappointed by this movie. Like it wasn't. It wasn't your I wasn't, top movie I yet. wasn't. I loved every second of this. I <laughs> I know I, I spoke some trash about the uh, 
I think I was harder on it in the moment yeah. than I am reflecting on it. Yeah, I spoke some trash about the um, what do you call it? The, CGI the, the graphics, or this, this practical effects. Yeah, the, the effects. Um, but when I think about this movie, I have nothing but fond memories every time, even after you know having the, the, that discussion. All right. So in the in the realm of Arnie movies, where would you rate Total Recall and and, and Kindergarten Cop? I already shared my feelings on that. <laughs> I can, so then right. I would say I would before this I would put. Terminator 2. Well, all right. Here's the, here's the thing. I think Terminator and Terminator 2 are top two, and there's no, Predator. Ar- there's no there's no arguing Terminator and Terminator 2. I think Terminator is Arnie's breakout into Hollywood. Terminator 2 is just everything Maybe one, one about of the best, my childhood. Right. I, I watch that movie every year, at least once a year. It's one of the best movies of the 90s. That's easy to say. Yeah. Predator's up there. Um, love Predator. Uh, but Running Man? I'm a huge Running Man fan. Huge. You want to know something? Yeah. Never seen Running Man. Well, we'll watch that together. All right, sounds good. Um, but Kindergarten Cop for me is a is a top top five easy Arnie movie. I love everything about Kindergarten Cop. I shared how I felt about it in uh, that episode. Yeah. So for me, it's a top five easy. All and right. Total Recall is another one that I have good memories of that movie. I love watching Total Recall. I'm a space geek. I um, love Mars. Uh, I know it's not really about that, but just the whole idea of space travel intrigues me, whether that's the setup of the movie or not. So Right. Okay. All right, coming in at number six, Hunt for Red October uh, just eked out Total Recall at $120 million. And now this is a movie that it's a tr- it's a film. It's a yeah. it's a it's it's a well directed, well acted Sam Neill was outstanding in this movie, even Sean with Connery. Sean Connery just being, you know, Sean Connery. And Sam Neill was right there, right beside him, keeping up with him every step of the way. The, you can't argue this movie. No, this was a great, this was one of my more favorite movies of the entire year. And this is one of those movies that, you know, I never took the time to watch it before the podcast. And I'm so happy that we started this because I feel like this is a movie everybody needs to see. You know, this was one of the movies that I was so familiar with that it would always be background noise and I would never sit down and pay attention to. And it deserves be, to be paid attention to. 100% agree. Moving on, number five, childhood classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, grossing $135 million. Now, this movie's the opposite of a film. <laughs> but this, I also thought that at in moments where they had the opportunity to take itself seriously, it did... And it did a good job. Yeah, but it had a lot of problems. Um, well, there were some continuity issues. Now, I understand. You're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's fine. But you still want to see the continuity being there, right? If and, we're talking about two ends of the spectrum, Hunt for Red October and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are at polar opposites. Which is what I'm saying. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Number four, Pretty Woman, $178 million. Again, another film. This movie is well-acted, well-directed. I know well you Well-acted by who? Well, Julia Roberts. Fine, and then we could stop there and everybody else could <laughs> jump off I thought off Jason Alexander did a good job. Oh, oh, well, he was in a movie for a total of four minutes. All right. Moving on, just remember, please, An- because I'm Anthony just gonna... Hopkins won an Academy Award in the movie for 13 minutes, I think he was in uh, Silence of the Lambs. So, you know what? Four minutes can have some impact. Uh <laughs> I'm just going to end up shitting all over Richard Gere if we stay on this movie any longer. Number three, Dances with Wolves, grossed $184 million. Yeah, well, again, you know, you're talking about a movie that was a film. Uh, I don't necessarily put it in the same realm as Hunt for Red October. Uh, The cinematography was phenomenal. Um, The landscape was great. The 
Acting was okay by Kevin Costner. I thought Graham, what's his first name? Graham, no, Green. Like Graham Green. I thought he did a phenomenal job. Yes. It wasn't. It, I, like I liked Green. it. I enjoyed the movie. At no point was I rushing to turn the movie off, but I also thought it was too long. I thought it was trying to do too much with it. Tell me this. This is how you could judge whether or not you really enjoyed a movie. When do you intend on watching it again? I probably wouldn't go and turn it on. But if someone was like, oh, I'm watching something Dancing with Wolves. You'd be like, hey, good for you. And then might watch it. Might hang out, have a beer, <laughs> watch a little bit of it. All right. Number two. Now we're getting into the box. Ghost. $217 million. I don't even want to have this discussion with you right now. So let's just move on. I'm not going to I love this it. movie. Look, I, I could have been a little bit, I could have been a lot more generous to the movie, but I just, it did, it's not a $217 million movie to me. So I, I think it, I think what you I'm know, lacking, hold on, let me speak. What I'm lacking oh. is the context of the, the time that it was in. Cause I think Demi Moore was coming off of like her, like emotional breakdown. Swayze was probably at a high and. Whoopi Goldberg, who knows where she was at in her career. I have yeah, no idea what her career was. She turned on like. the Jets in this movie. Yeah, she did. She did great. But I'm just saying, contextually, this movie probably had a a reason to have this sort of impact that I'm unaware of. I just think it's a love story first. And right there, like how many... Bi- Huge love stories? Yeah, because it wasn't just a love story, right? It had a good story behind it, like the evilness of his friend and the mm-hmm. being set up and the... Beyond, you had science fiction. You had a love story. You had a. I, I just thought it had it had something for everyone. So it's that love story that for the women and the the hatred between him and his friend and the sci-fi for the men. You know. Okay. I mean, I like I said, I could have been nicer to this movie, but even still, I I just I don't really get it. Number one, and deservedly so in my opinion, Home Alone, two hundred and eighty-five million dollars. I mean, we've we've this already. Is, a juggernaut. It is a juggernaut, and it should be, and it's still a juggernaut. Can you? Can, I want you to go on the street, grab any random. Well, don't grab them because you go to jail. <laughs> but maybe approach s- a random. Person. Approach a random person gently and ask them, <laughs> "Have you seen Home Alone?" I would fathom that you would not find a single person that hasn't seen this movie. And this movie hasn't aged. Like I don't think there's anything dated about it. Well, that's not true because this movie can't happen today. Why? Cell phones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, but I, but I understand what you're saying. Like it still holds up in the sense it that doesn't look dated when you fun. watch it, right? That, in that sense, the, the acting's great. The like Macaulay Culkin is the child actor of the world, right? Yeah. I mean, who's better than Macaulay Culkin? Under 12 years old, nobody. Nobody. The the storyline is fun, and you get past the idea that there's no cell phones because there were no cell phones in 1990. I'll tell you what, my kids ask me to put this on during Christmas time, so. Yeah, that, uh, that's uh, a testament to the to my, the film. My students talk about this movie during Christmas time. So, all right, that was the top ten movies of 1990 grossing. Anyhow, now Chris and I have donned our tuxedos. <laughs> We're attending the 63rd Academy Awards, and, and we, uh, we don't agree with a lot of this. <laughs> and it's trash. <laughs> no, it's not trash. There's just some stuff in Let me here. Tell that you, the Academy Award can go fuck themselves. I would definitely do some things differently. But um, so we're going to start off the Academy Awards. We're going to hit the top categories. We're not going to go into grave detail. Yeah, we're not going to go that deep into it. But uh, the important stuff. We're going to start off with number one, best actor. Uh, Jeremy Irons nominated for Reversal of Fortune. Kevin Costner nominated for Dances with Wolves. 
Robert De Niro, nominated for Awakenings. Great movie. Gerard Depardieu, nominated for Serrano de Bergerac. Excellent pronunciation. And Richard Harris, nominated for The Field. And the Oscar goes to Jeremy Irons. I never saw that movie. I am not aware of that that the movie existed. Jeremy Irons. I mean, the only two things I know him from: Scar, Scar, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Outside of that, I can't name a Jeremy Irons movie. I mean, those are obviously two much better roles than this reverse reversal of fortune nonsense. Right. He should have won Best Actor for. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, I'm sold. I'm on board <laughs> with that. All right, Chris. So clearly we don't agree with that. Um, I don't know who I would have given it to, but it would have been Jeremy Irons. And I've never seen that movie, and I don't intend on seeing that movie. De Niro did a pretty good job in Awakenings. I, I don't think that it was uh, Academy Award. Yeah, that's one of those movies I still winning. need to see. So, All right, next up. All right, now supporting actor. Bruce Davison in Longtime Companion. Andy Garcia in The Godfather Part 3. Graham Greene in Dances with Wolves. Al Pacino in Dick Tracy. And Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. And the Oscar goes to... Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Now, this one I can agree with. Before we get to Pesci, Pacino being nominated for Dick Tracy, I love that. I think that's great. The fact that a comic book movie can get an Academy Award nomination is phenomenal. And they had a few. They actually won one, right? They won like uh, some editing. They won costume or makeup yeah, or both. And uh, yeah, Pesci for Goodfellas, how does he not deserve it? He absolutely deserves it. Goodfellas, in my opinion, is a top movie of all time. Forget all time. Yeah. All time. So the fact culturally that impactful, relevant, still not dated. I think that you could put that movie on for anyone who hasn't seen it right now, and they would be impressed. The best part of that movie is that it is, it's a period piece, right? So it can't get dated. It's hard to date it. Yeah, when so, it's done properly. Right, and this movie was done better than ninety nine point nine nine percent of movies of all time. Yep. The five women nominated for best performance by an actress in a leading role are. Kathy Bates in Misery. Angelica Houston in The Grifters. Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Meryl Streep in Postcards from the Edge. Joanne Woodward in Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. And the Oscar goes to Kathy Bates in Misery. And I agree with that. Yeah, I, I would argue that uh, Julia Roberts did a great job in Pretty Woman, but I mean, that's it's been so long. So, it's been so long since I've seen Misery that I can't really. Say yes or no. So I, I, I seen Misery not that long ago. And yes, she deserves that. Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman. Yes, she did a great job. But 
It's not the. It's not the type of movie that the Academy is going to give you the award. And for. it's not the Great Job Award. It's the Best Actress Award, right? Right. Um, surprising nominee here, I think, is Meryl Streep for Postcards from the Edge. I love that. Nomination. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, because you know it's one of those movies I never heard of, never saw, and after seeing it, I'm like, I understand why she's in there. I know that Meryl Streep is like a legendary actress, but have never really seen anything that I was impressed by, and I was thoroughly impressed by and her performance in, in this i she was uh, for lack of a better term i know this i use this term a lot but she was captivating in this film 100 percent. loved that movie loved her i was a fan yep i have the privilege to present the award to one of the five talented women who were nominated as best actress in a supporting role if they're as apprehensive as i was last year it would be sadistic of me to prolong the agony so the nominees are Annette Benning in The Grifters, Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas, Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost, Diane Ladd in Wild at Heart, Mary McDonnell in Dances with Wolves. Well, in my heart, ladies, it's a five-way tie, but in this envelope is one name. And the Oscar goes to Whoopi Goldberg. And Mary McDonald being nominated is a crime. I think that's, yeah, that, that's just because they were, for some reason... They were all high up on that movie. Really, really, it, it, they were really up this movie's ass, and I don't think it deserves it. I don't understand it. I, it <laughs> I'm wasn't right there that with great you. a movie. It was okay. It was worth watching. Like, like I said, the best part of that movie is the cinematography. I don't know. In hindsight, the fact that Goodfellas doesn't win everything is just... <laughs> It's, yeah, I have to agree with you there. It's really confusing to me. Some people say there are no real movie stars anymore. I say they're wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Cruise. <laughs> At the very first Academy Awards presentation, two Oscars were given for directing. One for drama to Frank Borzegi for Seventh Heaven, and the other for comedy to Lewis Milestone for Two Arabian Nights. Here are five directors whose work carries on the high standards of excellence set by their predecessors over the past century. Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. Francis Ford Coppola for The Godfather Part Three. Martin Scorsese for Goodfellows. Stephen Frears for The Grifters. And Barbette Schroeder for Reversal of Fortune. And this year, the Oscar for directing goes to Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. 
Come on. Okay, I have a lot of problems. With I have this. so many problems. Coppola being in this. Coppola horrendous. being nominated for horrendous. The Godfather Part 3 is it makes no sense it's, to me. It's like right here. Like This is such your typical bullshit of, oh, you have this history of having great movies with this franchise. So we're just going to put you in there because of your history with this franchise. I think, I think the Academy does, seems to do a lot of you've earned – the recognition, but we didn't give you the award before, so we're going to pay you off now, later. Hold be- on. Because we didn't realize that you deserved it then. Did Coppola not win for Godfather Part Two? I can't speak to that. I, I should have the knowledge, but... I'm pretty sure Godfather Part Two won the Academy Award for Best Picture that year. I mean, yeah. I could be way off. I have no idea. I would I, guess that it I did. really have no idea, but <laughs> it's, it's literally like, I don't know. You would think it won or nominated, whatever, but... To nominate him here is its just so stupid. And also, I'm going to say I still haven't watched it. The Grifters, clearly the next movie that I'm watching before I watch anything else. Because three nominations and the cast with John Cusack, I, re- I really need to see this movie. Sounds like a kegs and eggs type of a movie to watch. Sold, buddy. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Lastly, best picture. This being the 100th anniversary of the development of motion pictures, it seems fitting that we end our celebration with the award that recognizes the highest achievement in filmmaking this year. During the course of the show, you've seen segments of the five films for Best Picture, and each one is a remarkable combination of vision and dedication. The five nominated pictures are Awakenings, Walter F. Parks, and Lawrence Lasker Producers, Dances with Wolves, Jim Wilson and Kevin Costner producers. Ghost, Lisa Weinstein producer. The Godfather, part three, Francis Ford Coppola producer. Goodfellas, Erwin Winkler producer. And the Oscar goes to Dances with Wolves, Jim Wilson and Kevin Costner. <laughs> Again. Goodfellas should have won. Goodfellas. And Godfather, you, Godfather think, Part 3 should not have been nominated. I think we need to just throw these in the garbage and just pretend that Goodfellas sweep the Oscars every single category. And then, then we're happy. And then I'll be so happy. All right. A couple other notes I wanted to add before we get Can rid of Godfather the Godfather Part 3 in... Best picture? Are you kidding me? I can name 10 other movies that were better than that. Yeah. Uh, All right. So sound effect editing. So I remember when we did this episode and I had taken, I don't remember having ever taken notice of the sound effects in a movie on how they were so accurate and important and well done. But Hunt for the Red October. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. We went deep with that. Because it was so impactful to the movie. Right. And impressive. And so, so Hunt for the Red October won for best sound effects editing that year. I thought that was important. And then uh, in November, we talked about Home Alone and how uh, the, the, score. The, the score of that movie was just like, to me, I didn't know because you know, I was only five years old when that movie came out. I thought they just used classic Christmas music in yeah. that movie. But no, John Williams wrote all of that music 
just it was for original. Home Alone. Yeah. Or a completely original but score. But now it, they're all integral parts of Christmas time. 100%. And because of that, uh, John Williams wound up winning an Academy Award for Best Original Score. Um, also, Special Achievement Award went to Total Recall for Visual Effects. We where we shat we shit on it, but it it in it's nineteen ninety. Right, I gotta give it a little bit of leeway. And also I gotta tell you that again, practical effects not not my thing, but the practical effects with the woman's head was super impressive. I need to rewatch it because I disagree, but Okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Original song. Ori- no, I was gonna leave that out. I did that to you too many times. <laughs> All right, so original song nominees, Blaze of Glory uh, from Young Guns 2 and uh, Somewhere in My Memory from John Williams for Home Alone, um, which you already went over the Home Alone thing, but I was I just really wanted a reason to bring up Young Guns 2 in the Academy Awards. You know what? You're like the Academy Awards. Shitty. <laughs> your, Terrible your, opinions. Your opinion on, God, on uh, Young Guns 2. Is equivalent to the Academy's right. on Godfather Part 3. Right, because it's completely based on Young Guns, the first movie. <laughs> that might be accurate, but still, <laughs> I stand by it. All right, we're going to move on to our top 10 favorite movies of the year. Oh, yeah! I have a feeling we're going to be very, very different here. I made I some, have a feeling we're going to have a lot of similarities. I made some moves that I you're just going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. Why did you put that movie there? And I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, yeah, I probably should have put something else. But you know what? I'm sticking with what I said. All right. So top 10 movies of 1990. Chris, I want you to kick it off with your number 10. All right. Here we go. Coming in at number 10 for my list. And this is just my list. Don't hold it against anyone. Um, I actually cho- chose a little hidden gem called Memphis Bell. Wow. Really? Memphis Bro, Bell made I your list? I enjoyed that movie so much. And I really, really, really just went with movies that I enjoyed. Yeah, no, this is only what you like. It, it, has, it had nothing to do with, like, was it deserving? Deserving? Nothing. No, it's just I enjoyed this movie, and I went through the list of the movies, and I said, you know what? I, I would watch that movie again. Well, I really like Memphis Belle. It's nowhere on my list. My number 10 is a movie that you don't like by a great man by the name of Tom Hanks in Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah, I did not like that movie. That's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, again, you're entitled to your opinion. Okay. Well, I, I thought he did a great job, and I really love Ma- Meg Ryan or Melanie Griffith. I that can't was, tell. That was Meg Ryan. It was Meg Ryan this Me- time? Melanie Griffith was in uh, the, uh, the Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights, yeah. Okay, so Meg Ryan as the three different people. I thought she did a phenomenal job, and I love the suitcases. I love, I love the brain cloud. I just found it so dreary. Like, the beginning was, but it was supposed to be. I, I watched the whole movie. I don't know. All right. I didn't like it. Number nine for you? No, you're up. Oh, okay. My number nine is a fantastic movie by the name of Dick Tracy. Ah, Dick Tracy did not make my list. Was an honorable mention for me, though. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I just It's not one of those movies that I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to watch this movie again. Well, I did a lot of soul searching when I made this list, and I thought of other movies that could take place of either Joe versus the Volcano or Dick Tracy were the only ones that I thought could be removed from my list. But I, I uh, upon my last viewing, with all the, the, the really well-known actors all doing a fantastic job, and I just liked how different Dick Tracy was. And it had some really good quotable lines and some good scenes, some good memorable scenes. 
I I really like the so movie. So for me, the fact that it was different, like, is kind of why it didn't make the list because it kind of made me feel like, eh, you know, I get what you're doing. You're trying to be like different, comic booky, but uh, it, it just it it too didn't much fit for you. Me. Yeah, because it's the same reason Edward Scissorhands didn't make my list at all. Because mm. I thought it was a good enough movie, but not in my top ten, not even honorable mention for me. You know. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. You'll be surprised again. Another hidden gem. Stella. Stop. Yes. Stella's on your list? Yes. Now, not because, like, again, I would never watch this movie again, but I was just so surprised by how well this movie was put together and how much I enjoyed it. I, I have Stella as an honorable mention, but definitely not on my list. That's okay. Okay. Oh, look, I loved it. I thought John Goodman was great. I thought the storyline was great. I didn't really appreciate, like, the last three minutes of the movie. Okay, that's fine. But Benton Midler surprisingly put on a phenomenal performance. I, I completely agree. Um, and there was at no point in that movie, again, you know, we talk about some movies we like. I, was, I wasn't bored watching that movie. Would I, would I watch it again? Probably not because it's just not my style of movie. But I got to give it credit for being entertaining when I wasn't expecting to be entertained. Okay. Coming in at number eight, we're going with Presumed Innocent. Are you? This is wild. What? I can't believe out of all the movies you have to choose from, these are the three that you made 10, 9, and 8. Well, you know what, though? These, this was the hardest pick for me. And, I, and there were certain movies I didn't put on my list. Okay, movies that like maybe I should have put on my list. So I didn't put anything on my list that I shouldn't have. I only put what I wanted to on my list. So one of the movies that you're probably thinking I should have put on my list is like Back to the Future Part 3, which isn't on my list. Now, here's why. Because to me, it's about the trilogy. It's not about that one movie. Mm. And I think that movie by itself, while great, I don't think it's I, – I know we, we talked about being a standalone movie. I, I don't have it in the t- – it's only a great movie to me because of the first two. That, and that's that's what I went with here. I and I and I and you can uh, listen. I'm go back right to now. go back to the tapes. I loved Presumed Innocent. Yeah, I was enthralled I by that movie. I like the movie. I will too. watch that movie again right now. I would watch that movie again as well, but it doesn't make my list. So I have Total Recall at number eight, and for the simple fact that it's an Arnie classic. Arnie is the embodiment of the the, the original superhero. So. I left Total Recall off my list. This is It's an honorable mention. Okay. And again, because I don't think it's a great movie. I thought it was an awesome movie. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a film. Like a kick-ass movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of like a, I want to be entertained than it is. I want to watch a good movie. Well, I, I was I, really... I, as, as much shit as I gave Total Recall... And as far as 1990 goes, it has its place on my top 10. And I have another reason why it wasn't in my top 10, and mm. we'll get there. Okay. All right. Number seven, I have Hunt for the Red October. Ah, that's my number six. Okay, good. So we agree on something yes. finally. <laughs> we've, we've discussed it already, but this movie is a film. The actors did a great job. Sound effect editing, which it's you're going to say like, okay, sound effect editing, but it really had an impact in this and movie. And it's a must watch. Um, it you, had a great storyline. You will love the movie. Watch the movie, and to think that like this, ninety percent of this movie is filmed in what's supposed to be a submarine. Yeah, really and close quarters. Yeah, it was very good. All right, so that was number seven, right? Yep. So my number seven was Pretty Woman. 
Okay, Pretty Woman, also not on my list. Wow, we're really not on, in sync here. I don't know what's going on with you. All of a sudden, you grew a vagina since the last time I saw you. That's okay. Stella and Pretty Woman are on your list. Well, Pretty Woman, I thought, is a... I mean... I can understand it, but like... So, uh, here's the thing then, I guess. Maybe I'm just... I you sp- just hate Richard Gere so much. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about. List. Yes, I hate Richard Gere, but that's not the reason why the other movies aren't on my list because he's not in them. I'm just sitting here thinking. I, I guess when I comprised this list, I thought, what movies would I want to watch? What movies do I enjoy and I would want to watch again? And that's how I comprised this list. I would watch Pretty Woman again, and I would only watch Pretty Woman again is if my wife wanted uh, to watch it. Yeah, but I wouldn't say no. I, I kind of feel the same way, but I wouldn't say no. I would. I would say all right. Yeah. Fine, let's I would kind of be into it and if also, she wanted to watch it. I, I really feel like this is this is Julia Roberts showing the world who she is, breaking into the scene, coming on. Now she's an A-list actress for the rest of her career because of this movie. And you understand why when you watch it. And I thought it was a good story. How did you feel about the, the scene where Richard Gere is in a tub with his hairy nipples? Okay, that was weird. <laughs> I don't need to see Richard Gere's hairy nipples. But again... And that was just the strangest scene. Anything in the tub is strange. Right. But I did enjoy it. So it's my number seven. Okay. All right. Now it's up to me for number six, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So, oh, wait. No, I already said Hunt for Red October was my number six. So that was your number seven, right? Okay. So, so then what's your number six? My number six is a movie that you have abandoned is Back to the Future Part 3. <laughs> and now I understand why it's on your list. And I love Back to the Future Part 3. But again, it's just because... That's not true. It's not because of the trilogy because I go one, three, two. So to say that it's because of the trilogy would would imply that one and two are better. One's a classic. Three's a great movie. Two, I'll take or leave. Three's a great movie. And it's in my honorable mention. I just don't think it's a top 10 movie for the year. Be- okay. It, because it's just... I see your point. I just don't agree with it. All right. So I'll move on. Okay. My number five... Fanboy favorite, Young Guns 2. Young Guns 2 didn't even make my honorable mention. Listen, Young Guns 2 is a fantastic movie. I have so many issues with that movie. Full of quotable lines. All I need to see is Jose Chavez, Doc, and Billy back together again. I'm sold. All I need to see is Emilio Estevez dressed up like an old man to show me I don't want to watch this movie. And that's in the first three seconds. Uh, I'll give you that. That wasn't that good. But (laughs) other than that, I'm sold. I didn't like anything about that movie. Yoo-hoo. I'll make you famous. Nah. Nah. All right, your number five. My Blue Heaven. Oh, my boy. My Blue Heaven is my number three, buddy. Now, My Blue Heaven is only surpassed by one comedy this year, and it's it's further up on my list, so I won't say what it is yet. Uh Uh, But, man, if you're going to love a Steve Martin movie, this is the movie. This is my (laughs) – in my opinion, I know people have definitely don't agree, but in my opinion, my favorite Steve Martin movie by far. And it fits so well into the year because it's like you got gangster movies left and right. Yeah. Goodfellas. I, I mean, we already, part three. I mean, let's let's already talk about this because we already know our number one is going to no, be. No, don't break no, it. Okay, but everyone knows what our number one is going to be. It's not Goodfellas, <laughs> but spoiler alert, it's it might Goodfellas. be Goodfellas. <laughs> All right, but the whole idea is that you got a comedy now based around this gangster, and he's so – Funny. I love Steve Martin. Listen, in my I, I'm so I'm so like I have so many thoughts in my head. I don't know what to say. I'll say it again. I've said it before, and it's definitely not a popular opinion. But Steve Martin transcends Steve Martin in this role. He's unrecognizable. Doesn't doesn't look like him. Doesn't sound like him. Doesn't act like him. And he it's a 
His role in this movie is one of my favorites. I love everything about it. And you introduced me. You introduced me to this movie. I don't know if you knew that. I'm glad I did. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if we talked about that already. Mm-hmm. It was when we were on the Snapple route. Nice. Yeah, it was one of those days where we went back and watched the movie. All right. And you made me watch My Blue Heaven. And I again, it's one of those movies I, I turn on all the time. And Rick Moranis. Oh, I love also every, very good. every movie with Rick Moranis. Yep. All right. So that was that was five, right? So we're up to four, and it's my number four. And I'm sure you have this one higher, but I have. Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder is my number four. This is another classic. Sync up. <laughs> Le- another classic movie. Days of Thunder. Tom Cruise. In my, I, I don't know. I like a lot of Tom Cruise movies. I know he's not that likable of a, of a human being, maybe. Wow. But as far as being an actor goes, the, a lot of his movies have, have a, a place in my heart. Days of Thunder was just exciting it was a good storyline everything yeah. except nicole kidman was great about this movie <laughs> i didn't tell you too i watched a documentary on uh during the daytona 500 like around it was that, like rained out right yeah and, and they had a they had a documentary on days of thunder and the amount of effort that went into shooting this thing was phenomenal so i'm i mean it, this movie definitely deserved more credit than i know it's a joke as far as the sport of racing goes but the movie itself is thoroughly enjoyable. Absolutely. Um, edge of your seat. It was fast paced. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was real. It was real in the sense of like real emotion, right? Not real race car driving. But right. it was a great movie. Loved yeah. it. I was, I, was, I was invested in the character. Wanted to see him win. 100%. <laughs> okay. Number three, we went over. My three is My Blue Heaven. And yours is? Kindergarten Cop. Which to me is the number one comedy of the year, okay? And I know I have a movie higher than this is probably considered a comedy, but this is the number one comedy for me. This is a childhood favorite. I already spoke about it before. This is a movie that I will love until the day I die. I got to tell you that it didn't even make my list. That's fine. Part. I'm okay with that. It's, I just, and this is a fa- for me, this is a complete fanboy because it's not a great movie, right? And I know I made the point before that I wasn't going to do that, but I don't care. It's Kindergarten Cop. I needed an Arnie movie on here. That's why I put Total Recall on here is because I needed an Arnie movie. And, and then I was going to take off Joe versus the Volcano and put Kindergarten Cop. And then I had a conversation with Elena last night. I was like, look, I need I need to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> and then she kept on trying to convince me that Kindergarten Cop should be on the list and take Joe versus the Volcano off or Dick Tracy. And then within having that discussion, I convinced myself that I made the right choice. Well, oh. <laughs> Well, wow, way to just throw your wife under the bus. But um, also, no, you could you could have said to yourself, you know what, Chris is going to put Kindergarten Cop on the top ten. You knew I was going to. Yes, I knew, but that wasn't my consideration. <laughs> but again, this is this for me is this is how I met Arnie. I met Arnie in Kindergarten Cop. Well, then it's nostalgic for you, and then I understand that. So, okay, number two, I think we both agree on the next two. Number two was Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yep, uh, we already spoke about this. I mean, this is a childhood classic. It's a classic for my children. Can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. Love all the characters. Love the quotable lines. Love Pesci. Love Daniel Stern. Love Christmas. Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Love Christmas <laughs> as a character. I mean, I, lo- I like everything. So I- I'm I'm all in on this. And then, number one, we well, agree. Good fellas. But you knew we were going to say this because we think this How is- can you... Listen... You know what? In, in any decade, in any year, in any decade that Goodfellas comes out, it might be your number one. There's not a better movie. Like I, I've really done a lot of thinking about this, and I'm not a gangster movie fan, right? I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I'm the Italian mob. Like I don't know. I don't know if it's because I know so many Italian like 
Ginzo like yeah. I I don't know if well, that's you're why on Long Island. You're, yeah, so. living in Franklin Square, you know, working in Queens. Like it's just like I I don't care about the mafia. I really don't. But this movie is just everything you want in a movie. It's you see a buildup of a character, you see a buildup of a life, and you watch it crumble to nothing. Yeah, and Martin Scorsese is probably the director of like three generations. Well, I, I I also, when I was making the list, I thought about what you said when we were doing Goodfellas in in that episode, and how he made the mundane things entertaining. Like when they were cooking dinner in in the jail. Oh yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know the things like or when he's just introducing the characters at, at the bar. When he's just walking through the to the go Copa. get his seat at the Copa. Yeah, all those things where like they the the mundane of the movie my, turned into iconic scenes. They might be my favorite parts of that movie. Yeah, so I I I just I'm considering how Scorsese was able to do that and and appreciate his art form, and that's why I think. Aside from the quotable lines and the lovable cast and the interesting storyline, Scorsese's ability to tell a story, which is what a movie is, is really uh, second to very few. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that this might be my favorite film of all time. I, I, you can make the argument for that, sure. I, I wouldn't say that it's my favorite. I would, If I had to put a list together off the top of my top head, it's... It's five. A, Easy. I mean, no. it would probably be... In, It'd probably be in my top 10, 15, 20. The only movie that I think that would rival this for me is Jurassic Park. And that's like my, like you know, that's my go-to everyday movie. Yeah. But Goodfellas, like his Goodfellas, I don't think you can do it. You can't do Goodfellas justice if you're not ready to watch the I think movie. if I really, if I really pared it down, I'd have to say Goodfellas is definitely in my top 10. If I really thought about it, I would probably say that. Yeah. But well, anyway, here we are. And here we are at the end of season one. Okay, so I think that from our initial episode to our 12th episode, we made leaps and bounds. We did a much better job, much more entertaining. I know um, I did. Kevin still sucks. <laughs> I'm much happier with, with the, <laughs> the overall product. Listen, and, I had a freaking blast doing this, man. I can't wait to start season two. Well, I think that, you know, so long as you don't have work and um home life well i mean um what's the word big announcement my wife is pregnant so i do have another child on the way um so i'm gonna be kind of busy but i'm also a teacher so i don't work during the summer so i'm committed to doing the entire decade let's do it bro i'm ready to go i'm i'm really excited for 1991 i think one of the big things we really want to hear from people because we want to make this as great as possible if you have any any critiques any ideas, anything, please email us at be kind, please rewind 90 at, gmail. at gmail.com. Yep. All right. And then, uh, oh, I want to do a couple honorable mentions of movies that didn't make my list. So, Postcards from the Edge. Oh, yeah, that's one of my, my honorable mentions as well. Postcards from the Edge. I thought I really wanted it to make my list, but it just couldn't fit in my top 10. I mean, looking back now, I think I, I, I want to swap that out for one or two of the movies I have in there. But, uh, yeah, Postcard from, from the Edge was great. Uh, you had Gene Hackman putting on a great performance, even though he was only in, what, two scenes? Yep. Uh, Meryl Streep was phenomenal. Shirley MacLaine was good. I thought the chemistry between the two of them was outstanding. 
if it wasn't for this podcast, I would have never have seen that movie in my entire life. And I'm definitely glad I did. And I would watch that why movie we again. Do this. Yes. Another honorable mention: Bonfire of the Vanities. I've never seen that. You have to. That's that's Tom Hanks and Bruce Willis. They both do a great job. And Morgan Freeman is in the movie for maybe four minutes and steals the show. Uh, that's a really good movie. Awakenings with okay, Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. Two of my favorite actors. Robin Williams, top 10 favorite actor of all time. De Niro, probably top 10 favorite actor of all time. They both do a phenomenal job. Like I said in that podcast, in that, in that uh, movie's podcast, don't watch it if you're looking for a, a, a good time because it's not <laughs> that, but it's definitely worth a watch. And my last honorable mention was Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder was also a very good movie. Having never seen that before. Yeah, you know, I it just wasn't a top ten. It was it was a good no. it was a good watch. Uh, I'll probably never watch it again. Um, I might. It was, it was I like interesting. Weird. That's why it was weird, and I really liked it. I had no clue at the end. Like not that I had no clue. I just didn't know. I didn't know what was real. And I, I like movies that were. I don't know what's real. I don't know what it was that was supposed to be. I like it when directors leave it up to you. To figure out like what was happening, I I have I get an itch for weird sometimes, and that movie scratched that itch, so yeah. that was good. I also wanted to mention Miller's Crossing. Still um, have to watch that movie. I watched that movie well after we did the podcast for it. Uh, it that's also definitely worth a watch. It's a it's a gangster movie, but just like a different take on the approach of normal gangster movies. But that's like the Boston in Boston, right? Isn't it? It's not uh, New York, right? No, I don't think it was Boston, but it wasn't mafia, Italian mafia, but it was also definitely worth the watch. So oh. off the top of my head, those are the movies that, um, and Stella, uh, Stella was a good movie, but yeah, we, we talked about that, that already. And are we signing off? Look, uh, we're going to take a, a, an additional two-week hiatus before we do January of 1991. So from the release of this episode, not two weeks, but four weeks from the release of this episode, we'll be releasing January of 1991. And I've looked ahead, and you can too. There's a lot of great movies that come out January 1991. Yeah, we, so we, we shouldn't have any bad months. We're really getting into our wheelhouse here. Yep. So looking forward to it. All right. See you next year. All right, guys. Thanks. Later. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah.